It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on in to The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Ertz here with guests who join me every so often on The Mom Show Dr. Susan Madsen of the Utah Women and Leadership Project, and then Emily Bell McCormick is with The Policy Project. Uh, Susan does research. Um, about women's issues and uh, family issues around the state. And Emily works uh, with lawmakers often uh, to get uh, family-friendly and women-centric policies uh, passed on Utah's Capitol Hill. We just wrapped up the legislative session. So, Emily, have you been able to rest and recover? Oh, boy. (laughs) I need, like, three years of rest and recovery. So I'm getting there, right? I'm, like... Five days in. Yes. I got to be honest, on Monday of this week, right after the legislative session wrapped up, I had to call some lawmakers to, you know, for news stories I was working on. And I could hear like children in the background and one was folding laundry. It's just like they're all trying to get caught up on life and like reassimilate back into their normal lives. We sort of forget that they have normal lives and normal jobs outside of their 45 day window. So, Emily, we're going to get to um, the legislation that you worked on and got passed this session around uh, getting period products in every Utah school in just a minute. Uh, but I want to touch on some child care bills that passed, uh, namely a bill that creates grants using COVID-19 funds for child care centers that enter into contracts with employers to provide child care for their employees And uh, additionally, it changes the number of licensed and unlicensed providers that they may care for, um, and it makes some other changes. So, Dr. Madsen, I know that childcare is always an issue when it just comes to women who want to work, who want to be in the labor force. It's like childcare is the bane of our existence. Can you speak at all to, you know, what this bill will do, how it will just sort of help you know, what's, what's interesting is, I mean, you're right. It really is at the heart of women in work these days, um, even for grandmothers sometimes that help with their grandkids and babysitting and so forth. And so what I have loved about this session um, is, there's many hard things about this session, is that at least this past year, legislators have been talking about this in ways that more people have been listening Um the the couple of bills that are related generally to child care that did uh, pass are a good start. Um, and, and I don't know all the details to Pulsifer's, uh, Representative Pulsifer's bill. I, I knew early on, but I haven't been able to track everything. But I think it'll make a dent that, that needs to be made. Uh, we're just starting. Uh, other states have many more policies that have been passed. We're just really starting this. So I think these, this one and then the full day kindergarten um, by Waldrop, um, you know, I think that's a good option as well and, and, and so forth. But I do want to make the point that I, this is a start. 
And we're a very conservative state. And so this is other states, other people would say this is like not much. Um, However, I think this is a good start for the state of Utah. So I'm very appreciative of a representative Pulisiver and those other legislators that helped support moving this forward because we need things to happen to support women. Yeah. And I think you're right that it is sort of a drop in the bucket when it comes to all the needs of child care in the state of Utah. Um, but changing that ratio of the number of children that uh, that people can care for, I think, is a big deal, right? Because that was sort yep. of the state's biggest uh, hurdle with this when it came to, well, we want to make sure that the children are adequately cared for. And if you have more than four per adult, right, it, it kind of decreases that quality of care, if you will. So it is a big deal for these uh, providers to be able to take in more kids and have more kids per adult. So like you say, it is a start. Um, the other one- well, you might- it, it- just real quick on that, what's really important is to make sure that people who really have studied this, who know the right proportion for different ages. So it's very different. And when you have a rule that just kind of sets the stage broadly, um, it makes it really challenging. Yeah, so you can't if you have, have a four, bunch of babies. Yeah, you can't have four infants with one adult yes. because yep. they need help. They can't sit. They can't feed yep. themselves, right? So. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting. Um, and then this full day kindergarten bill was interesting to me because it started out with a lot more money. And by the time it passed, it kind of got slashed a little bit. And so I'm interested to see um, what it does. It gives money so that some public schools can implement full day kindergarten. We already have the Washington County School District and the Salt Lake City School District that offer full day kindergarten. This is sort of going to expand it. I don't frankly know the details of who this is going to expand it to. But Emily, have you had your kids in full day kindergarten how important is this for you and your family yeah yes we have always had full day kindergarten we actually I grew up in Utah but lived in the east coast um for years where everything was full day kindergarten where I had my um first three children and so that was just kind of the norm and then moving here we came back to a half day you know our schools had an optional like you could opt into full day if it wasn't full and so we always did that which was you know, it's nice for just, it's not only nice if you're a working parent, it's also nice um, for just education and kind of getting kids used to school. And I think this is something that's quite regular in other states. And so taking this on is, you know, it's a really big deal. And I think, um, you know, one of the interesting things about both of these bills and, and working with the Utah legislature, um, like Susan mentioned, it's a conservative legislature. And I think with the child care thing, I'd had several conversations about child care, you know, with um, different people in the government and, and like what's most effective here. And I think that that um, one way to think about these issues with them is that they're often into deregulation. So if, if there's a way to deregulate, that, that's going to resonate better than adding on regulation, kind of just interesting. And I know that with the child care uh, bill, that was one thing that was considered, like, can we say, be, become a little bit looser um, with our regulations so that we can absorb more children into like the home child care system. Emily, I know you had some legislation that passed too. We need to take a break right here. We're going to uh, come back and talk about that when we come back on The Mom Show. You joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. 
Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. I am Lindsay Arts. I'm here with Dr. Susan Madsen of the Utah Women and Leadership Project and Emily Bell McCormick, uh, who runs the Policy Project. But this year, during the legislative session, she sort of switched gears and started running the Period Project, which is a group that worked tirelessly to pass legislation uh, for the state legislature to uh, fill all of Utah's schools uh, with period products. So your pads and your tampons uh, are now going to be in all of Utah's public and, and charter schools, which is a really big deal. And Emily, I'll start with you. This was an issue that got unanimous support from both sides of the aisle, both chambers of the legislature. It was fascinating to watch. And really, this issue almost unified the legislature in a way when we had several controversial issues pop up throughout the legislative session. This was one that got everybody on board. Yeah, that it was um, really something to behold and something to be a part of, you know, um, I think that especially the tone that politics have taken over the past few years has been really negative and super divisive. And it's been hard for people to stomach people just kind of want to check out or get overly engaged, you know, one or the other. But um it was it was kind of amazing to see, you know, it wasn't just women supporting this. It was women and men. You know, it wasn't just Democrats or Republicans supporting this. It was both of them. And, um, you know, nobody tells you uh, this when you're starting out into a an issue like this. But um, after after we had passed this, this bill had passed and it had passed unanimously. We had multiple <laughs> comments from people in the governor's office and other places that were like, we never thought you would do this. Like we thought for sure this would become partisan. There was no way to do this without it. Like, you know, kind of creating all these, like this tension and issues. And I think, you know, there are a couple, there are many things that had to happen to make that it it go through um, unanimously. Very, very, very few bills get unanimous support. Like even kind of just law bills yeah. don't always get, it's just rare to get unanimous support. And I think it was one of those times where we were able to convey how basic, basic this need was, you know, it, it, um, the message about it being similar to toilet paper and the fact that we would never, you know, remove toilet paper from bathrooms and ask for donations for toilet paper seemed to resonate. And, and there's a hesitancy to overspend, you know, and our schools are, you know, we, we don't have as much funding as I would personally like to see in our schools. Um, but I think that this was an issue that was, we were at a point in time, the public was on board, we were able to get enough like uh, private partners and other people involved that just said, you know, it's time and people really were receptive to it. It was an awesome thing to see. Yeah, it's really cool. Dr. Madsen, as you watched uh, Emily's work and you watched this legislation kind of move through um, the the process, what were some of your takeaways uh, as you do research all over the state that uh, talks about, you know, the needs of women in Utah? I mean, what, what were some of your takeaways? Well, first of all, I have to um, congratulate Emily because she did a masterful job at uh, the messaging is so important. The way you message things, the way you message urgencies, the words 
that you use. Uh, both of you know this so well because you're we're all into words, right? Um, but you know, just even a slightly different tone or message, especially on gender topics, especially on women's topics, can really back people up or put those defensive walls up. And and Emily is just such an expert at at figuring out what resonates. And and one thing that I appreciate about Emily as well is she's not afraid. Um, a lot of us as women, you know the research, I've talked about this before, we've been socialized through our lives and, and particularly here in Utah, but in general, that our, our voices are more private, that men have the public voices, that women's are private. Um, and, and what we know is, is that socialization has not been good because men and women both need to have voices and speak up. And, um, and one of the things that I appreciate about, appreciate about Emily and other women who have been working in our legislature and, and different things is they're willing to step forward and use their voice in ways that that matter to so many people around us. And, um, and women are better at that, though. If we are stepping forward saying, I want to raise for me, or I want this for me, then we really have a, a struggle. And not just us as women, but other people look at us and say, why is she being so selfish if she said exactly what a man would say? So Emily, I just uh, want to congratulate you. I think I think there are so many issues um, that we still need to work on moving forward, but I think you've set a really nice stage in terms of helping warm up many of the people, especially men. I mean, when they could outright talk about period products, right. I mean, actually <laughs> say those words, yeah. I think that is progress <laughs> right the there. That is yeah. progress. <laughs> Emily, let me come back to you in our final just one minute here. Uh, committee hearings are often where these bills get the most heated debate because you hear the public be able to come in and weigh in. Uh, once the bill gets to the floor, it's just the lawmakers debating whether this is a good idea. So this is really where you see some of the, the big um, uh, points come out, right, about a bill is in a committee. What did you right. take away from some of the early stages where this bill was being discussed? You know, that was one of the neat things because you're right. That's where you really, um, whether or not people realize that from if you're not involved in the legislature down the daily. And um, that is where a lot of the animosity and difficulty comes out are in these committee hearings. And um, it was, I, you know, I I looked up the recording for the House committee hearing because that was where we, were, we went through the House and then through the Senate after. And it was one of the most beautiful things. I think every... Um, every legislator sitting on that committee made a comment about how important this issue was and um, and how they had interfaced with menstruation in their lives. And it seems so silly to say that because it's so basic. It's like, did I eat lunch today? Menstruation, you right. know, like, am I breathing? Like, these are just so basic. But to hear, you know, Representative Berkland, um, um, Berkland said, she said that during the session, she'd gotten calls from every single one of her daughters at school saying, mom, can you bring me product? I forgot today, mm, mm. you know, and here's this woman, she, she's a conservative representative and her just sharing that day to day. We had another comment from another representative who just said, I can't handle the shame around menstruation anymore. We should be proud. This mm. is what makes us a woman. You know, we had um, representative Waldrop who um, is a male and you could tell he was just 
chomping at the bit to get in and say, <laughs> it's about time we did this. And I, you know, he'd grown up in a family of all boys, had all sons. And he was like, even I know that this is too late in coming. Right. And I just thought it was just such a beautiful moment. And, you know, I felt lucky to be working on an issue like this because not everyone that I'll work on will be like this. But for that moment to just see everyone come together and say, it's beyond time. It was just kind of a magical thing. And it's so nice that there, there are just some issues that touch all of us as humans. And it's nice to have this as an example where policy trumps politics. Well done. Uh, every Utah school will now have period products in all of the bathrooms uh, come this fall. So that's a pretty big deal. You don't have to worry as much when you send your little girls to school. Uh, We'll take a break. More on the home show with Emily and Dr. Madsen from the Utah Women in Leadership Project and the Policy Project when we come back.